0: I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details.
2: Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast, How Rude, Tanneritos.
1: Now, I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Hey, y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to This Day in History class where we uncover the remnants of history every day. The day was May 22, 1960. The largest earthquake ever recorded hit Chile, leaving two million people without homes, at least 3,000 people injured, and about 1,655 people dead. The previous day, a series of four shocks had hit in Chile. As people were preparing for the commemoration of the Battle of Iquique, a naval battle during the War of the Pacific, a quake with a magnitude of 8.2 caused destruction in the coastal town of Concepcion. Chile's president called off the day's events to put together an emergency response. A couple more earthquakes occurred the next day in Concepcion, with the last happening only 15 minutes before the Valdivia earthquake. The earthquakes traveled south in a sequence to the big one. At about 3.11 p.m. local time, a 9.5 magnitude earthquake hit about 100 miles off the coast of southern Chile, though some estimates have put it at a 9.4 or a 9.6. The epicenter of the earthquake was in the Pacific Ocean, near the town of Lumaco, though the city most affected by the quake was Valdivia. It was a megathrust earthquake, or a large earthquake that occurs in a subduction zone, where one tectonic plate is thrust under another. This quake happened when a 620-mile-long part of the Nazca Plate, an oceanic plate that makes up a big part of the Pacific Ocean floor, plunged under the South American Plate. It was, and still is, the largest earthquake ever instrumentally recorded. The seismic main shock lowered a quarter of Chile's outer coast by a few feet, and it expanded the area of the country. The earth movement triggered a bunch of other natural disasters, like tsunamis, landslides, a flood, a volcanic eruption, and a seiche, or surface oscillation, on a lake in Argentina. Subsidence, or sinking of the ground due to the earthquake, caused flooding in Chile that changed the impacted shorelines and made marine navigational charts obsolete. The tsunami that the earthquake triggered caused deaths and damage as far away as Hawaii, Japan, and the Philippines. At Hilo Bay on the main island of Hawaii, huge waves killed 61 people. Waves up to 18 feet, or 5.5 meters, hit Honshu, Japan's main island, killing 138 people and destroying 1,600 homes. The tsunami even caused damage in Los Angeles, San Diego, and Long Beach, California. In the Philippines, the tsunami caused at least 21 deaths. Waves were observed in the Pacific Ocean Basin, the Atlantic Ocean, and the Indian Ocean, making it the first globally recorded tsunami. Some seismologists have linked the eruption of the Cordon Caulle volcano in Chile's Lake District to the earthquake as it erupted on May 24th after about 40 years of inactivity. Other earthquakes occurred in the region in the 16th, 18th, and 19th centuries, and many aftershocks followed in the months after the 1960 Valdivia quake. The global impact of the tsunami led to the creation of the Pacific Tsunami Warning System in 1965. In 2010, an 8.8 magnitude quake occurred off the coast of central Chile. Scientists suggested that the 2010 earthquake may have been the result of the stress buildup from the 1960 earthquake. I'm Yves Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If there's something that I missed in an episode, you can share it with everybody else on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at T-D-I-H-C Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow.
2: I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat.
1: Hello everyone, I'm Eves, and
0: welcome to this day in history class, a podcast for people who really take to heart the saying, you learn something new every day. The day was May 22, 1915. An explosive eruption of Flassen Peak in Northern California devastated the areas around the volcano. Lassen Peak is an active volcano at the southern end of the Cascade Range, It stands at about 10,000 feet or 3,000 meters tall. It was formed from a series of volcanic eruptions about 27,000 years ago. And it's a lava dome, which are formed when viscous lava is extruded from a volcanic vent. The areas around Lassen Peak have historically been meeting points for Native Americans, but more white people moved to the area after the California gold rush. In 1907, U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt proclaimed Lassen Peak a national monument, but some people were hoping for the creation of a national park around Lassen Peak. In 1911, President William H. Taft recommended the establishment of a Bureau of National Parks, and in 1912, Congress began holding hearings on the creation of a national park service. California Congressman John E. Raker supported the creation of a National Park Service and introduced a bill to establish a Peter Lassen National Park, named after a Danish-American blacksmith and prospector. But the bill failed, and later bills also failed in 1913 and 1914. But on May 30, 1914, eruptive activity began at Lassen Peak. A small, phreatic eruption took place at a vent near its summit. A phreatic eruption is one that is caused by the heating and expansion of groundwater. Over the next year, more than 150 explosions occurred. This was the beginning of an eruptive period for Lassen Peak. But in mid-May of 1915, the eruptions changed. Lava appeared in the summit crater and flowed over the crater's walls. On May 19th, a stream of molten lava sent an avalanche of hot rock into snow, causing a lahar, or mud flow, And at around 4 p.m. on May 22nd, there was an explosive eruption at Lassen Peak. The blast sent rock fragments and pumice high above the volcano. A column of volcanic gas and ash rose more than 30,000 feet into the air. A pyroclastic flow made of hot ash, pumice, rock fragments, and gas made its way down the side of the volcano. That flow melted snow and turned into a lahar that flooded the lower Hat Creek Valley. There were other smaller mud flows on all sides of Lassen Peak. The eruption also deposited a layer of pumice and ash that reached as far as 25 miles northeast of the peak. And volcanic ash rained as far away as Elko, Nevada, which was 280 miles to the east. The May 22nd eruption was caught on camera, notably by Benjamin F. Loomis. It was the most powerful in a series of eruptions that occurred in the Cascades between 1914 and 1917. Especially strong steam eruptions formed the northern crater on the volcano's summit, and steam eruptions continued until 1921. In December of 1915, Raker introduced another bill to establish a national park, and this time it passed. Lassen Volcanic National Park was established in 1916 last in peak is still an active volcano. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions you'd like to send us, you can do so at thisday at iheartmedia.com. You can also hit us up on social media. We're at podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.
1: work.